This is so weird. What a different, we'll just say it's a, been a different year. It's been a challenging one. It's been <sighs> hard. It's been very hard at times, but I'm just so grateful. You know, it's the kind of year that makes you grateful for the things that Shut we do. Up. Okay, fine. <laughs> you caught me. Okay. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your pretty little mouth. Um, no, but you're right. It's like you kind of have no choice but to find... Actually, like, this year... I, really quickly, I just want to tell you, I got a the five-minute-a-day journal. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, so it's like... it's Anyone can do it. You definitely do not need this journal that I spent $25 on. You just... Every day, you write, like, what are five things you're grateful for? Like, you just... It just asks you these little gratefulness questions because it's like science says that science says that if you practice state stating what you're grateful for you will just be happier like if you do that for 21 days in a row you'll just be a happier person so i shouldn't be shitting on you at all well science also says that exercise makes us happy (laughs) science says a lot of things about my happiness and science is usually right how much of your gratefulness journal is like various sparkling beverages you're it's like ninety nine percent. Is there is there a percent over a hundred? Numbers don't go that high. <laughs> oh. Well, Esther, I'm proud of you. You're doing the work. As Thank they you. Say. Thank you. No, I'm trying. I do feel like both of us have come through this year, like showing that we are self starters and that we don't want to just like let. I don't know what I'm, gonna I'm trying to wait say. Wait around and wait for some white man to give me an opportunity. <laughs> I'm going to make my own that, opportunities in this world. Dude, yeah, that's what you did with Fishwife. Like that's so cool. And it's so you and I don't know, there's something really cool about that that you just and like took the time of sitting at home with nothing to do and you started a freaking business. You know, and you did the same thing Esther with Sleepover by Esther. You know, you took a passion for tie-dyeing and you flipped it around and turned it into a money-making business. We'll see. We're, we'll see. We're on the way. I'm. We're, we're on our way. Um, I've learned so much. It's like I've always sold birch and hustled and had little side businesses, but Fishwife has been a, a real big girl undertaking. It's a real big girl business with investors, with Jeez. business projections. I mean, this oh my is God. this is not your like this is not like the easy bake oven business that my official Sean Penn calendars are. This is like How do you big girl shit. I have to learn definitions of words like equity, ugh, <laughs> convertible notes. 
Oh my oh, god. Shares. Are you like how do you even learn this? Like what's how do you do a big girl business? Well, I have How do you do business? Mother? I think the number one most important thing for Fishwife and our growth has been talking to people. And I feel like I've learned this from episodes of How I Built This, which is one of Esther and I's favorite podcast. Favorite yeah, podcast. That's our dream. That's our dream to be on it. It's where, you know, it's a to an, be successful enough one day to it's be. It's an on NPR it. podcast where the host interviews various founders and there's all kinds of little tidbits of information in that podcast and just f- founders from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of businesses, companies that have been around for 30 years, companies like Glossier, you know, it's like runs the gamut. And I, I remember one founder saying that you should be on the phone constantly, talking to people constantly. And that, and I really believe that assembling a team of advisors, whether or not they're like formal real advisors, but having, talking to your friends that have started businesses. If you're doing an apparel business, talk to everyone you know that has had a foot or a toe in the apparel business, you know. Or a broken toe. Exactly. Exactly. And for us, it was about connecting with everyone we know that's done CPG, D2C, like food consumer sales. And what's C? I know D2C is direct to consumer when you sell like off your Instagram. What is CPG? See, this is exactly, (laughs) you've asked a great question. And you Uh, don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to this. (laughs) No. Let's guess. CPG, Caroline Plus... Consumer Product Goods. Garbage? (laughs) Caroline Plus... Caroline, quote, pussy, gold farb. (laughs) 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 The point is, and I have to obviously say, I have an amazing Fishwife co-founder. It's my good friend, Becca Milstein. And like, when you start a company with someone, there's got to be a baseline of respect and you need to understand that you and your co-founder are going to go through... Th- it's like a relationship. It's more intense than a romantic relationship. You're going to go through shitty times. People, Both people are going to make mistakes. You're going to have to be okay with that. You're going to have to pick up the slack for your partner. There are going to be times when your partner has to pick up slack for you. It's got to be are like we a... a par- are we a business partnership? We are. Does this 100%. count? 100%. Okay. I just wanted to hear you say it. I wanted it on record. I want everyone to know that we're connected for life. So to Becca's credit, she's been... <laughs> you just ignored that, you bitch. <laughs> right. Anyway, so no, Esther, we are a business partnership, but we're... Okay. We're, we're, okay. we're so much more than that. Okay. We're, we're platonic lovers. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're sisters in sparkling beverages. <laughs> I'm a... I, I like to consider myself a godmother to Donut. Yeah, Godmother to your child. Loves you. Sorry, keep going. Your partnership is great. We all get it. (laughs) Anyway, assembling a team of advisors and talking to as many people as you can every single day is really, really important. You'll just find out, like, there's things you don't even know that you don't know about starting a business. I could not agree more. Even, like, since I've transitioned to using a, a local factory in Los Angeles to make my apparel um 
like everyone I cross paths with ends up being a little bit annoyed by me because I'm like, I know they know stuff that I need to know. And so I just find myself lingering and asking more questions. And, you know, people are kind of just, they give me the vibe like, we're not really here to advise you. Um, but I, I try my best to get what I can and, and build these relationships. And then, like you said, like, just, just who do you know has any, any taste of this world and ask them everything you can um and not being this look it all goes back to like that old thing like the squeaky wheel gets the oil I feel like that's the best business tip I've ever received and like taken in and don't be afraid to over communicate you know I'm Mm. someone that definitely errs on the side of under communication because I'm sometimes afraid to ask for things or afraid to ask stupid questions or I'm like you know, I, I don't know. Like I've really have to push myself and watch myself and make sure that I'm over communicating, you know, like even if I'm afraid I'm being annoying, like don't be afraid you're being annoying. You don't want things to fall through the cracks. You want to make sure things are written down and like, and oh my God, speaking of writing things down, take notes on every call Every mm. every business call, advisor call, take notes. I mean, Esther, I don't know if you're like me. If I don't write something down, I forget it. Yeah. And there are these little, like, nuggets of information or someone will drop a name or someone will drop another company. And just, like, keep your keyboard out and, like, take notes. Have a big Google Doc of all your call notes. It'll be, like, 400 pages long, but at least you'll have it to refer back to. That's really smart. I don't have everything in one place and I, I need to. My Your business is obviously so much more organized and professional than mine. Mine is like everything is just in my head and I'm like, like I do need some kind of, I need help. <laughs> That's how I felt like I was with official <laughs> Sean Penn where it was mm. just like partially really scary and really overwhelming because I was doing every little thing like the vendor relationships uh the supplier relationships emailing with wholesale people like doing my at the end of the year I would have to do all my own accounting and it was just like so stressful but it was also this like weird satisfaction I had where it was like I am in full control yeah it's that's I like that I'm like kind of getting off on that a little like I just love that I've never really had a creative project that I'm the true true boss of and like that's how I feel about this because even you know with Alone Together was a room of writers and a team of producers and like um my special like I worked in a partnership on that with the director and and the network and stuff so this is truly I'm like it's my money on the line so what I say goes it's my vision and that has been really empowering for me um and also on the flip side it's really scary because the ball is always in your damn court and there's no one to blame (laughs) no I know and like I I had the biggest I had such a crazy year because I launched my official Sean Penn face masks this year and yeah I was just kind of like it was at the beginning of the pandemic too when people didn't really have masks and the products really blew up in a way that I didn't anticipate like I was selling like hundreds and hundreds of units a day of these face masks and like wow. getting orders at a rate that I had never gotten orders before. And I really was like trying to wind down my official Sean Penn merch business this year because I was just kind of Which getting- bums me out. Like no one wants to hear that. Really? I think that 
having two businesses and a writing career is a bit too much too much like I'm now it's getting to that thing where like people in a writer's room are like Caroline with her 75 businesses it's like sometimes you've got to cut out the fat and like put all your energy into like the things that you really want to succeed you know what I mean well, anyway, totally the- agree. I think that's, by the way, I think that's a really great observation and like smart and I like that, but I will just say that people love your merch and I hope like it stays in some capacity. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's so hard for me to step away. It's like the addiction of a lifetime making cheap pop culture, illegal merch. It's my vice. Sleepover but- by Esther, official Sean Penn collab. Oh my God. That would be sick actually. I know. But that brings me to a story from this year when I made the biggest mistake I've ever made in my many years of running a business that cost me probably thousands of dollars. And what? It's just, when, for my first launch of celebrity face masks, I think the two designs were Larry David and was it? Oh, oh I had three designs. Larry David, Judge Judy, and Brittany, Oprah. Oprah. No. Point is that each design has a skew in your online store, and my fulfillment company like uses the skew to pull the orders. So it's like they're not like seeing like Judge Judy mask; they're seeing the skew that I've assigned to the Judge Judy mask. Point mm-hmm. is, I didn't double check my work, and I swapped the skews. So basically, like the way that my fulfillment company had the Judge Judy masks. Like I had swapped them, so like if a customer ordered a Larry David mask, uh, the Your skew that I had attached was told to them, to, yeah. So yeah. basically, the first five hundred orders that went out for this like new product, the customer got the exact opposite of what they ordered, and it was completely my fault. Like I went back through the emails, it like one hundred percent fell on my shoulders. It was the loneliest, most. It was the most isolating experience I've ever had as a business owner because it was like my fault, 100%. The buck stopped here. And then I then had to spend <sighs> so many hours. Thank God I was not in a writer's room at the time. I don't know how I would have done it if I was going back and emailing every customer, 500 people individually Stop. saying, I'm so sorry. And give them the option. Do you want to refund your entire order? Do you want me to reship you the mask, which obviously would be at a cost to myself, then I would have shipped it twice and given them a free mask. It was just so painful and so depressing. And it was such a valuable lesson. The power of double and triple checking cannot be understated, especially when you're dealing with people's money, with people's time, with your time. Your money. Your money. Question, question. Yeah. What was, what would the majority of the customers want like how do they react i'm very curious since you had so many like what was the most common kind of well the other thing it was at the peak of covid so i couldn't accept returns on masks it just didn't really feel quite right to like take people's get a return on a mask so i think that pretty much everyone said just send me the mask i ordered so then i would then have to reprocess another shipment I mean, it was awful. And That's again, really like the stressful. time emailing those people, oh, it was so painful. That I had a I had a taste of I, at least so far one of my orders that I shipped out. Someone wrote to me and said they got the wrong shirt, and I was just even that one person. I just felt like my heart sank. Thank God I had an extra. I was able to send it to them. Like, but it just. I don't know, like these people that support your business, they end up meaning so much to you. Like it really is like a. 
the word valuable is so much more than financial. It's just like, oh my God, this person like believes in my product. They want to rep this this thing that I, I created and you just feel like you owe them so much. So if you make a mistake, it, it just it hurts me in a way that I just would not have expected. I want these people to be happy and it, it's it's not even financially motivated. It's like, oh my God, like you believe in me. Like, I want you to be happy with ha- why you believe in me, you know? You know, it's such a fine line because like I feel exactly the same way and I love my customers and I never want them to be disappointed. These things have my name on them. Like, I just don't want to be that person who's like, Caroline took advantage of me and sold me a crappy product, blah, 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 blah. But that being said, like sometimes people will email me with these requests that are so hard for me to oblige what it's like, hey, I put in the wrong shipping address. I provided you with a completely incorrect shipping address. I'm so sorry. Can you reship a product to me? Oh, well, me? that's like a small I, business but, just can't handle that, that kind of thing. Well, I never know what to do because it's like I usually end up obliging it because I feel bad. And it just like really puts me in a crappy situation. And like I, I hate, I hate when customers treat me like I'm Amazon and like. I can just right. ship something out willy-nilly. My inventory is too expensive. Like, I can't. I w- sometimes I'm like, why did I get into a thing where I'm making, like, luxe high-end goods? Because I wish I could afford to, like, send it out to all my friends and have them post it. But, like, my shirts, co- like, it just costs me. When you have shit made in Los Angeles, it costs so much. You can't, I don't know. I'm like, why didn't I just, like, why? I wish I just sold paper. <laughs> I hear you. People buy Esther paper. Printer paper. (laughs) That would be so much easier. Not a bad idea. Just like old pencils. Used office supplies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's exhilarating. It's scary. It's highs. High highs and low lows in no sense. Yeah. And gosh, I mean, I spent a lot of time this year making the Fishwife website which was so exhausting and was so much work. But like when you start a business, sometimes you have to do the dirty work, get your hands in there, spend a lot of time doing shit that you truly don't want to do. Yeah. It's so important to be like a jack of all trades, have multiple skills and like bust out those skills as necessary. Caroline, you're such an inspiration to me. I swear, like, you are that friend that when I think about, whenever I hear that phrase, like, you are who you surround yourself with, I the first person I always think of is, like, well, that's, thank God I surround myself with Caroline because Aww. she's, like, she's the one. <laughs> I, like, because you are, so you sweet. have, no, you are a self-starter, you do the work, you're creative, you're talented. I just... You're a person that I want to be associated with. I'm so inspired and motivated by you. I am so grateful for your friendship, Esther. You are my realist, most, like, with it friend. Like, I, I feel like so many of, friend, of my friends are like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they're confused. They don't know how the industry works. Like, they don't give me the real. They tell me what I want to hear. You are my friend who I can consistently rely on to, like, know what's happening and then some. You have this, like, preternatural third. You have a third eye, a special gift for whether it's boy advice, career advice, like, entertainment industry advice, business advice. Like, you just have, like, such, like, a cut to the chase, no bullshit attitude. Like, 
that is oh, exactly what I respond to in a friendship in a person. And like, it's like, you can give me a piece of ice in two seconds and like, that's it. That makes me so happy. I really like, I really pride myself on like the people that I'm close to, like they're in, like if you're in, you're in and like you are, I will give you the same time and like, like advice and like all of that that I would give to my parents. Like I just want, I really want to have people that are, I'm so tight knit with that like, I don't know, because I feel like in your 20s, at least for me, like, there's so many acquaintances that you can have where, like, oh, there can be, like, jealousy or, like, you know, you're maybe competitive or, like, oh, I, I don't know if I trust them. And I feel like in my since being in my 30s, I'm, like, I want to have people wholeheartedly, like, you're in or you're out. At, it's Obviously, that's, like, not even a healthy line of thinking. It's, like, black or white mentality, like, all or nothing. But there is, like, a, a healthy version of it. It's, like, I just, I treat people the way I would treat like a family members. And that's, I think like, so when you call me with a problem, like I'm on your side and I'm just whether in and being on your side to friends might not even mean being on your side. You know, it's like, Oh, well you know, you fucked up. Here's how, or whatever. I don't know. Now I'm going on a tangent, but you get what I'm saying. No, I honestly feel like we're family. It's a friendship. I'm always consistently and fraternity will be so grateful for. This is such a lame podcast conversation, but hopefully people will. <laughs> people are going to love it. Are you kidding me? But anyway, if you're listening Anywho. to this, check out Esther's amazing new line of tie-dye. I mean, everything's sold out right now. Everything's sold out really fast. I'm selling it through this weird, stupid way of the text message system that I keep hawking. Um, so if people text, sign up for the text alerts, they'll be the first to know when things come back in January. Uh, and those, the text numbers on my Instagram, if you want it, it's 847-648-9098. But more importantly, people need to go to eatfishwife.com and get themselves some tinned, high-quality like modern for the hip people tinned fish tinned fish should be a staple in everyone's pantry it's the ultimate fast food it's a superfood right now we have some amazing domestic sourced wild caught smoked tuna and again this a smoked tuna i'm a lifelong fan of canned tuna but this is smoked over real alderwood Caught off the coast of NorCal, canned at a micro cannery in Oregon. Our tuna is life-changing. Oh, and we I, have some amazing tuna recipes on our Instagram at Fishwife and on our website, eatfishwife.com. I'm so excited I looking s- to next. Oh. 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 Go. Just going to say I'm so excited for next year when we're going to launch our sardines, which as you know are a real real passion for me and I'm so excited to like bring the sardine lifestyle to more people who might not have had sardines before might be kind of scared don't know how to eat them I love sardines I'll scream from the rooftops all day all night long sardines are like the superfood of all superfoods and anyway so I'm still look forward to in 2021 I'm like low-key tearing up thinking about this because I just think about the famous Las Vegas lunch we had where you were eating fish eyes and fish brains yeah. and it, it was the it was such a highlight like comedy moment in my life because we had so much fun I thought it was so funny you were eating that shit and you were talking about it the way you were like so happy and the fact that now that's your like a 
your business. You're actually in that line of work <gasps> is so genuine. And yeah. it just makes me happy to see that like something so genuine that was like destined to be is happening. And I do want to tell you, I ordered the salmon and I, I've seen on social media, people are getting there. So I'm like, I'm praying mine comes here tomorrow. I we am pescatarian, s- ready oh, to eat it. Yes. I'm ready to try it. I'm so, so excited. It should be there sometime next week. We had such a issue yesterday with our supplier and it's such a classic. I'm going to, sorry, not with our supplier. I'm sorry, our shipping company. Where okay. Fulfillment. I, our fulfillment center. Thank you, Esther. This is mm-hmm. such like, and I'm so cognizant of men taking advantage of me and my female co-founder in this industry. Like, from no. in all aspects of production, fulfillment, like, it happens more than you'd think. And, like, when you recognize it, you're like, it's maybe not because I'm a woman, but, like, you have to wonder, would this have happened if I were a man? We launched on December 2nd, and we... We everything sold in two packs and three packs. And we were told by our fulfillment center that they were wrapping up, for example, our three packs of tuna in these shrink wraps and the two packs of salmon in this shrink wrap. And we were like, great, like let's wrap those ahead of time. So like the minute orders start coming in, we can start pushing out orders. So we get all our orders on December 2nd. We continue to get orders. They start sending us tracking numbers against these orders. So we're like, as far as we know, orders are going out. And then people start emailing us, hey, like, my tracking number shows no movement. Like, what's happening? And we're shipping everything, like, at a really slow – we're shipping it, like, as slow and slow as possible. Like, we're not shipping it FedEx. We just are shipping it, like, the cheapest, most reliable Normal. way. But it has tracking, so it's – Well, then we find out yesterday, December 14th, almost two weeks after we've launched – that the shrink wrapping machine has broken. They've been waiting for some replacement piece. So half of our products hadn't been shrink wrapped and they were just waiting for this piece to arrive. So they've been sending us tracking numbers and nothing's gone out. This is yesterday. And the thing that hurts about this is that it was not communicated to us. Mistakes happen. Things happen, but for yeah. them to be sending us tracking numbers and making it seem like orders are going out when in reality not one order has left the warehouse. We're now approaching Stop. two weeks since people placed their orders. Oh, my god! And for them not to communicate to us, and we were like, what's the deal? What's happening? And finally, my co-founder just called our contact at the fulfillment center, who's this, like, nice guy, and, like, lo and behold, there's some piece missing, and they're waiting. We're like, don't shrink wrap it. Like, just start sending stuff out. What are you doing? And it was just such, and they totally took full responsibility. They were like the first to admit that we're sorry, we didn't communicate. But it was so like, you're so at the mercy of people sometimes. And it's yes. so frustrating. How and did that really, feel? Like, how how did you and, and your co-founder feel when you found that out? That it is was just wild. really trippy because we had had all these conversations with him in advance of our launch and we had really communicated to him this is a huge launch for us everything has to be perfect we talked about the shrink wrapping we talked about this it's like we had talked about every aspect of it and we were told that everything was being pre-shrink wrapped everything was on track and then to find out that like none of it happened and it was not communicated to us i mean it was a slap in the face honestly it really fucking sucked and don't worry like i'll be using it as leverage in negotiations to come <laughs> Don't you worry. But what really hurt is like it's that same thing. It's our relationship with our customers. It's on the line. This is our first launch. People place their first orders with us, paid money for shipping. Our shipping isn't free. You know, 
and to to then have to turn around and like be like I'm sorry your products are arriving like later than you wanted them to like it totally. feels like we let them down it feels like it it really sucks we wanted it to be perfect and everything's on track the products are going out the door people are still on track to get their orders before the holidays if they placed it by the deadline we provided but it really blew and it was really hard but I think that the silver lining will come like when people start getting the boxes which were so they're so beautiful they're so photogenic when people start people start trying the fish like a new light a new dawn will come I'm so sad you're gonna be in Skokie when yours arrives I know but Dave will save one for me I'll just let him eat one and try it and then I'll he'll save the other one for me cool I'm um yeah no I Oh, like similarly with my dye house, like sometimes like tie dye is very fickle, like, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing is going to be perfect. And it does suck when like someone else that you're at the mercy of, they just do it the way they do it. And it's, you kind of like, I, yeah, I get it. That's, but those boxes look so cute. I'm literally going to, like, save mine and use you it for should. other stuff. You should. I really want... Dave better do an unboxing video. Here's the salmon. It's, it's so really cute. cute. I'm excited for you to try um, it. Well, today's episode is kind of, like, glowing up, stripped, l- unplugged. We're just having, like, a casual chat that we would normally have without the, without the recording going. Um, and we're basically setting up this episode that we recorded... And we're going to let you guys listen to it. It's with the one and only absolutely epic. We had we had her in the house, Miss Kate Somerville. We got to speak directly to her. She is, I mean, talk about an entrepreneur. Like, she's a queen at this. It's kind of actually relevant to what we're talking. It's very relevant. It um, is. She's so such a I'm legendary really- entrepreneur, facialist, her products are some of her products will go down in history in this in skincare exfoliate are you kidding me i mean that's skincare history right there and kate is wonderful she's like everything we wanted her to be and more yeah you'll you'll hear about the history of her clinic you'll hear about her early days you'll hear about her products yeah, so we're excited for you guys to listen um, and let us know too, like, you know, whether it's a, an Instagram comment on this episode at Glowing Up Podcast, whatever it is, like, or DM, let us know how you feel about those, the just Esther and Caroline just having like a low key combo episodes. We always want to hear your feedback and know what you guys are thinking um, because we really, really. I know sometimes I'll be like, if you're a hater, unsubscribe. But actually, we have so many loyal, committed, awesome Gloamies. Whenever I meet a Gloamy, they're always some cool, chic girl that, like, is so so much prettier and cooler and nicer than me, like, in every way. And I'm always so blown away. I'm like, I become a fan of them after the conversation ends. Always. So we, we love you guys. We are so grateful for those of you that are here with us. Like, please... Let us know what you're thinking because your opinion really matters to me and Caroline. We talk about you guys all the time and how much we learn from you and the messages you send us. So thank you for another great year together after we took time off. Yeah. Um, looking forward to glowing with the Glomies in 2021. Did that sound gonna, natural? Yeah. No, it was so chill. Um, so you guys enjoy this episode and we appreciate you and we will see you guys, I guess, next year. Right. See you next year. Ah, ah.
Esther, I am, I'm shaking. I'm crying because today. I didn't know, I didn't know this was a real person. I thought I was going to talk to like a jar of cream. I I didn't know what this episode was. Well, a lot of people do. (laughs) Look, this, the woman we have on today, she's the skincare Santa Claus. You heard her name millions of times, but to meet her, the honor of hearing her voice is it is, there are no words. She's a skincare guru. She's a celebrity esthetician. She's known worldwide for being a skincare expert. She's a badass business owner. She's the one and only Kate Somerville. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Caroline. That is very um, sweet of you to say all those things. And um, yeah, I've been doing skincare now for over 28 years. So been a quite a long journey and Kate Somerville just went on 16 years um, on Melrose Place um, in Los Angeles for our clinic so it's been really a fun journey and I love what I do. I have so many questions and I want to just dive right in I want to there's a lot we want to cover today we want to I want to hear your story I know a little bit about it but like we got to run through it and okay tell the audience like how you came to be who you are we yeah. want to, I have so many like questions about, I look, I've, I've read a lot of quotes. You've worked with a lot of fascinating people. We got to yeah. get the dirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm by the way, suddenly so insecure about everything about my image. Like just looking at Kate Somerville, I'm like, oh my God, I just oh, no. that's, that's, that's the opposite of what I, that's, that's the opposite of what I like believe in and like, a lot of people are surprised when they meet me and then they know the brand because the two are a little bit different. One's a little more fancy where I'm like kind of down to earth and not kind of, I'm really down to <laughs> earth and I, I really love nature and I love people and I, and it's all about healing and just really accepting your own authentic self, you know, cause as we age and as we morph, like I'm 50 now, like you have like your, your looks someday are going to be gone. Like you're not yours. You yeah. Have insanely gorgeous. Like, let's oh, hope all get to 80. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm waiting for my looks to show up. Yeah. Are you are on the other side oh of my that. God. You guys are too hard on yourself. I know podcasting is a audio medium, but I encourage the listeners to go on our YouTube page. And Kate, you are, may I say, a vision, a glowing <laughs> vision from your like perfect sun-kissed, amazing hair. Like whose hair looks this good in quarantine? Okay, I'm over that. Okay, so I am going gray. So I'm letting it go. Yep, I'm letting it. It's all gray. Um, And I'm super inspired by it. I mean, listen, is is it an easy journey? Because, like, I'm half blonde and half gray now. It all blends together. You look like a a golden California goddess. Yeah. And you know what? For me, like, I talk about, like, quarantining and COVID have done a lot of great things for me personally. Um, 
not not obviously people getting sick and dying and the economy like where it is and it's awful for so many people in the world and I feel like I literally every day go thank you God for a roof over my head for food and for us to be healthy but um COVID for me I got to slow down I I've been on an airplane for the last 12 years so much and I just really I don't know for this for you guys too like just not having to like dress up every day and put makeup and hair. It's just been so nice. And it just has allowed me to like go, I want to just be me. Like I, I just want to be me. And it, that's it. COVID has really allowed me to go deep, you know, with, with who I am, like with certain, like I've listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of really awesome things to expand like my mind and, and like, who I am as a person, but also like on the beauty front, like just taking care of myself and allowing my grays to come through or allowing the nail polish to come off for a, for a long period of time and just have natural toes. Like, I know that sounds so surface, but like in the beauty world, we're always like doing stuff to ourselves and it's just been nice to have a break. Yeah. I, I look in the mirror and I, like love myself without makeup (laughs) and I cry. I, I see myself without makeup and it's a different relationship to like that makeupless face than I had before. I, I'm like, wait, I don't mind her. Have you, have you put makeup back on and then felt like weird? Like I'm like, sometimes now I put makeup on or what I literally tried to put a pair of heels on and I'm like, Oh yeah, that ship has sailed for me. Like I'm done with the heels. Oh my god! Like I don't know. Like and this has made me go. No, I want to be comfortable. I want to be who I am, authentic self. And and COVID, I think, is helping a lot of people with that. So that I feel like um, I feel like I must have always had COVID because <laughs> I <laughs> I like something. I'm having a very different experience where I'm like. Because I always like wear sweatpants and I'm kind of a comfy, cozy person. But I, my relationship to makeup has almost like improved in this weird way where like now I do it and it's like fun. I mean, of course, I'm not wearing today. Day one of my period. I mean, look, you have no one asked. I I know, Esther, you look really good right now. Maybe you should like stay in Canada. It's the lighting. No, I, I, thank you. It's, it's, I'm just blown out. Um, but on the no heels front, I did just like consider writing to my agents. Like, I think I'm going to put in all my contracts now that I don't wear heels. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they're bad for you. But I just like, I don't know. I, I'm someone that always like, even in my clinic, I've, I have really curly hair. I put my hair on top of my head. I usually have a sundress on and I flip flip flops on in my clinic. I mean, not now, but because um, of COVID, but uh, I've always been a comfortable person. And, but then there's moments where I've had to dress up a lot and it's so not me. And so it's just nice to not have to. And, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, now this is giving me the strength to say, not only am I'm just not going to, <laughs> like, I'm not going to sacrifice my comfort now for, you know, 
I don't know. Oh yeah. Being pretty. I'm not changing my underwear for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my choice. Yeah. It's your choice. Economy's down. Yep. Underwear staying on. Okay, my body, my rules. Yep. <laughs> Crunchy and all. <laughs> and also, like, I'm sorry, I'd be lying if I said my skin is better when I don't put on makeup to get out of the house every day. Yeah. Like, big surprise this yeah. whole time. Like, yeah, your skin does like to breathe. Yeah. For Who sure. knew? Who knew? Yeah. Okay. I need to hear about Kate Somerville. I need Wait, to know. I have, I have a whole, like, oh, can we start at the beginning? Sure. Yeah, let's just rewind. Pull back. Take the wheel. No, uh, Esther, I just jump in here with me, please. But let's go back to the beginning. Kate, I know that yeah. you started in like medical offices. You had a more like mm-hmm. traditional medical yeah, dermatology almost as background. Yeah. And you decided to open your clinic. You said mm-hmm. it was, I don't want to, you just said 16, 16 years, but I had been in skincare at least probably. 12 years before I opened Kate Somerville. So it's been a long journey. I I started when I was 20, um, like 22, actually. I think I was 22 when I started. I I got my license around 22 and aesthetic license. But I have always had massive issues with my skin myself. So I grew up with eczema. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it gets like really irritated, peely, itchy, red, uncomfortable. Um, and I was an athlete. And so when I would sweat, it would burn, it would crack. It was embarrassing, you know, as a kid and a teen. And so my mom, we lived on a farm, which was not good for my eczema at all. Because, you know, anytime you have allergens and things of that nature bombarding your skin. And I also found that my skin was my barometer for like what I was eating, if I was stressed, um, if I was under like emotional stress, like I'd get hives, like my skin was just always a problem. Mm -hmm. And so like when my mom, we lived on a farm, we had um, goat milk for the babies that were being born that couldn't go to their moms. And she put it in my bath one day because my skin was so insanely um, inflamed and it actually helped me. Like it, like the redness went down after that and I I kept using it. And so I, I kind of saw like, okay, there, there's remedies out there that aren't just going to a dermatologist. And every time she would take me the derm, he would see me for 10 seconds, write a prescription. It was usually cortisone which isn't good long-term for your skin. And so I just kind of had to like figure it out. And I went from doctor to doctor and I finally found this one doctor. He was like super old guy. (laughs) I mean, like really old when I found him that he was the guy that put me in remission. And he taught me that, um, number one, how to put on medication to really push in the medication. He taught me to take baths every day, hydrate the skin right when I got out of the bath with Curel, which is um, just a drugstore brand, but it really changed my skin. So my skin has to be a lifestyle every day. And so I think that kind of 
made me want to go into skin like in a subconscious way because Mm -hmm. I could really like my best friend had cystic acne and she wouldn't go out with us sometimes because she just had like these huge cysts on her face and I just can really relate to people that haven't felt comfortable in their own skin and have compassion because I get it right and so I moved from a small town called Fresno in the middle of California. I live with my dad. Um, My mom left when I was nine. And um, anyhow, it was, I, I then moved to the central coast and a friend of mine was saying, um, you should get into skincare, but in the medical side of things, instead of like a spa. And I'm like, I like that. That's a great idea. And so I went back to aesthetic school, put a business plan together. I was always an entrepreneur and um, went around to all the doctors in San Luis Obispo area. And I ended up landing with two awesome doctors, one one a dermatologist, one a plastic surgeon. And so I just learned, like I learned peels three years into my career. We started doing lasers, which is like a crazy third degree, third degree burn at that point for these women that were doing laser at that, at that time. Mm. And so I just learned the human body. I, I learned about plastic surgery, how the skin worked. I did all pre and post-operative care for them. I started doing injectables at the time, all their deeper peels, lasers. And then um, I met my husband who was from Hollywood and we decided to move to Hollywood um, with him. So I had a practice in San Luis. So I, I, I found somebody to take that on and moved to Los Angeles and Hollywood. And then that's when I went to work for a really prominent plastic surgeon in Santa Monica who did kind of everybody as far as celebrities are concerned. Like so who, this is who. like the uh, what, mid-90s or no, early 2000s? Yeah. Well, God, I can't even. I think it was, it was late 90s. So what's, no, like, what's no, the big, yet, right? No, 2000s. What's the biggest LA plastic surgery that's happening like at that time? It's, I'm it imagining. Was, well, his name was Stephen Hofflin. I mean, he was in Santa Monica. We, we saw everyone, like literally the biggest of the big. We know you can't um, say, but like, yeah, in that or... office, I can't say. Um, but, oh. but if you imagine looking at whatever people or us weekly at that time, cause that was the big publications, you know, he saw everyone. And so that's where I got my start as far as like really working on celebrities, but also he was like an innovator and he told me, he's like, cause I was using, I ran his skin clinic and I, um, he, I was using like 12 different other people's products in there. And he goes, you know, if you really want to innovate, Kate, you have to do your own line. And I, I said, you're right. And so that's when Kate Somerville started. So that's when I started really taking on, um, different formulas. And I found this awesome, um, chemist and he started compounding stuff for me. And, you know, I used to mix on site when I opened Kate Somerville in 2004. Mm. Um, I had a full station to custom mix for all my clients 
And um, so, you know, I, I learned a lot about skin and how far you can take it. And um, I learned a lot about the anatomy of, of the face and the skin um, and also um, injectables. I mean, I, I um, used to do injectables. I can't in the state of California anymore because they changed oh, the laws. It's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. It was at first. But what it allowed me to do is focus on the brand and build the brand because I wasn't in the the clinic room um, minute after minute, right? So I built this insane team at Kate Somerville and we do something really unique at Kate Somerville. So we will right now through COVID, it's not like this right now because we can't we can't do normal services right, right this second. We're doing medical services. We're doing injectables and lasers um, mm. on a short-term basis with our nurses that are, you know, covered in PPE. But anyhow, um, when you normally come to Kate Somerville, you would do a consultation, usually with me back in the day. And then you would see an esthetician. She would cleanse. She would exfoliate. She'd, you know, steam kind of clean out the pores and then a nurse would roll in um, some kind of laser, whatever she or he needed. And then we would do a laser procedure. And then if they wanted injectables, we would do that. And then the esthetician would then follow up with um, finishing the products. So it was really comprehensive when you, you came to Kate Somerville, you would see sometimes three and four people in one sitting. Mm. we were a team. Like we all had our specialties too. Like I had one gal, um, and we still do that, you know, she focuses on microcurrent and lifting muscles. And then we had, um, or we still do have all of our nurses that, you know, are incredible artists as far as injectables, some of the best in the world we have at Kate Somerville. And we, we love kind of that natural look. So we're not, we're not the office. If you want to come and like have these, you want to change your face completely. Like we, we give you a natural look. We make you look like you, but you know, I wanted to interject anyways, because you were saying that you guys are, you know, a natural, you do a natural thing. And I just wanted to reiterate that I have actually heard that. Word on the street amongst the cool girls I know, Kate Somerville like is the place where you go for like being natural. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day when I was like maybe gonna do stuff to my face, I haven't, and I'm a Good. little scared. But um, I don't know that I will. But what you're saying is true. I've heard it from cool sources. So let me tell you guys something. And this, I've been in plastic surgery for the first half of my career. And I work for the best. I literally could have rearranged my face and body a hundred times over. And I have to say, I started drinking the Kool-Aid being there. And luckily I have this awesome husband is like, hell no, you need to stay you that the, you, you he wouldn't let me right and and I'm so grateful because he loves me for me but 
I'll tell you when I knew I made the right choices because I've done little things, right? I've done a little bit of filler. I had my eyes done um, when I was a little younger because I had a really heavy eyelid. You know, I do a little lip injection and that's about it. But um, when I had my baby, Che, um, he has my eyes, but you don't know that he has my eyes because I had my eyes done. And I have to tell you, it made me sad. And um, just, you know, listen, you guys, the younger generation, like I have these beautiful girls coming to me and wanting, because they're watching their peers change their entire face, their lips, their nose, their jaw bones, their butts now. I I don't get that, but their boo, everything, right? Like it's so manufactured. People get vagina surgery. Oh yeah, I know. Well, Caroline, <laughs> know. Caroline, to be fair, you and I need that one. <laughs> I know a girl. I know a girl who went to Mexico to get her vagina done. That's a side note. Circling yeah. back, yeah. girls are getting a lot done. A lot done. So here's what I'm going to tell you, girls. Okay, because when you age, you're going to start to like yourself a little bit more. And I was just talking with a friend, just like literally on our way here that I wish I could tell my 23-old self, right, um, how much to love my body and, and my youth and my mm-hmm. face and everything and love myself during that time. Because at that time, I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so fat. And I'm like, if I had that body right now, I'd be running down the beach with nothing on, right? It would not be good with social media. So <laughs> I so true. I tell all of the girls that come in to see me, I'm like, listen, like we can make you look like you. If you want a little poutier lip or we want to even out something or we want to give you these types of little tweaks, but don't change who you are because later in life, I mean, sometimes it's great. Like if you have a huge nose and it really bothers you or you don't, you have a flat chest and you don't feel great. You want to get, I think that's all great, but I'll tell you when you have your babies, if you have babies, you're going to look at that little baby and you're, you're going to be like, Ooh, I changed that. I don't look anything like my, my child. And there's something weird about that. Like there's something where you go, you lose something like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. So I just caution everyone, you know, cause I I'm in it, right. I'm in that industry. So I'm really, really, um, we're more conservative. We want, we want you to look like you, but we want you to look like your best self. So that's so, yeah. And I have a lot of girls come in and they are plumped and they want more, more, more. And I, I have people that I send them to that I go, here's this person. They're going to give you what you want, but Mm. you're not going to get it here. You know, I just, it's not what I want to put my name on. So, yeah, so I know that's harsh, but I just, no, it's, it's so, it's great advice. And I think it's something that women need to hear all the time. And can I just say, it's so psychological. Have you ever, do you ever look at an old photo of yourself and it could be six months ago, it could be five years ago. And you remember being there that night and going, getting ready to go out and going, I hate the way I look. I know. I don't like it. And you're like, I look amazing. Amazing. It is such a trip. It is such a trip. I, you got to like remind yourself of that. And then like look in the mirror with that attitude. And you're like, this is 
this is good. And yeah, as so good as it's going to get. I just say like really try as young women, because we don't do this. I, I, we don't. Try and look at yourself and love yourself right now, because I'll tell you, it goes south. It does it, you know, like the boobs head down, you know, the belly held, the butt comes down, the skin gets saggy, the chin, like I'm starting to get hairs. Like I literally am starting to get a mustache. The grays come in, but I have to say at this age, um, you don't care as much. Um, and people, you'll hear that, like, you know, you just, you, you literally like, you don't care as much. You don't have to be the prettiest girl in the room. And if you were never the prettiest girl in the room and I'm not digging right now, I will say it's almost a blessing to grow up and think of yourself as the ugly duckling or to not never have been the prettiest girl in the room. Cause like, as you get older, I feel like I get better with age and I appreciate my looks. Yeah, you do. It's like a reverse. You do. You do. You do. And so I a blessing I to be ugly. Be I just want to throw I just want to throw out there that all faces, all skin colors and all body types and all ages are beautiful. Thank you. And, totally. And I except uh, myself, for <laughs> myself included cuz I just like you guys are saying, you know, I've spent so many years of my life just thinking that I was just ugly and that was just kind of the way oh, it was because of the because of the media that I grew up with mm-hmm. like because I wasn't thin enough or you yeah. know whatever it was but now I'm like oh my gosh no I'm beautiful everyone's yeah. beautiful it's I just know. this like media that makes the media fucks us up anyways we're just throwing yeah. that out there yeah I agree I agree like so I know this is like so boxy but it just it it I, I'm, I'm living, I've lived it as a young person. I mean, I started in this business at 20 and really critical of myself. And then as I'm aging into it and working with people too. So I just tell you girls, like you have a lot more pressure to change your face and your butt and you're this and you're that. And I'm just like, just also all of those things. So being in plastic surgery Every time you go under, every time you do a procedure, there, there can be complications. So it's, it's, it's not free, you know, you know, financially either, but, but body wise too. So just know like, you know, little tweaks here and there, love it, but don't so, go crazy. I have to say the one thing that's coming to mind right now is like, Esther, I'm thinking of Nikki Glaser. One of our friends was a comedian who says that like, Anyone, almost every single celebrity, no matter how naturally beautiful you think they are, they've had something done. Like everyone's had something done. I know that's not really in line in the spirit of what we're talking about to bring up, but Kate, true or false? Like for the most part. False. Like, I don't know. Do you guys know who Kate Walsh is? Of course. Private practice of Queen. So she, she's a natural beauty and she was like so natural we did laser on her only we did topical creams those kinds of things that that's a natural beauty and that's been in the mainstream that didn't she's amazing you know she takes care of herself diet wise and you know Mm. she maintains through lasers and lights and products and so there's there's a lot of of really um great ladies that um they have aged like they were going to age and and they're getting hired still because they they're talented like if you look at hollywood now like 
your Meryl Streep's and your, oh, you yeah. know, I mean, so many. Um, they're still working because they have talent and we've come a long way, you know, I, we, we've really come a long way. So yeah. there are a lot of stars. Listen, there's a lot of stars that have a lot of work done and some Fair not enough. so much, but, but honestly, I've worked on a lot that I'm not interested. So Speaking like, no. which, I have to say, I did some research, did a little Google stocking of you yeah. and you, there are some names that come up. Uh, when you Google Kate Somerville that are yeah. so shocking, so mind boggling. I'm just going to throw a couple names at you. Yeah. Feel free to espouse, feel free to shake your head, feel free to blink twice. Like I just got to say some of the names. Of course, you know, we all know that you've worked on such amazing faces as like Jessica Alba, Kate mm-hmm. Hudson, Olivia Wilde, Demi Moore, like the most beautiful women in Hollywood with the most precious, delicious skin. But Barbara Streisand, Tell me, what is your connection to Barbara Streisand? Well, it's I've never worked on Barb. And Bar- oh. it's so funny you mentioned Barb because I'm a huge, like, huge Barbara Streisand fan. And um, I yes. grew up on her music. I love music. Like, my husband, when I first met him, he's like, if you could meet three people in the world, who would it be? And I'm like, James Taylor. Carol King, which you guys probably don't even know. Of course we know. Okay. (laughs) And Barbara Streisand. And so, so far, I have met um, James, who is a client, and I died when I met him. It was like I had to pull myself together. Oh, my God. And I met Carol Carol King. And, um, but Babs called my office, but she never came in. And we have mutual friends. And we've never run into each other, but I love her. She's stunning. Whoever's taking care of her, she's amazing. And literally, like, my when I first met my husband and we fell in love, I, I had a little Miata, and it, I had the top down, and I had Stars Born on, and I made him listen to that for an entire weekend. And that's how I knew he loved me. Because, <laughs> that's <laughs> um, that album is so classic. So anyways, that's my Bab story. Okay. Um, okay. So I saw your name come up with hers. Now we know the real story. Yeah. I think she uses my products. Okay. Um, in fact, I, I read that. I don't know. We have mutual friends. So okay. um, like a really kind of close mutual friend. So uh, maybe she gave her products. I don't know how she got my products. I, I mean, she, you know, her makeup okay. artist could have used it on her, but I haven't met her. She's so. listening and she's yeah. not. No, but no, she'll know Babs, I love you so much. And I probably wouldn't even know what to do if I met you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to hit you with another name. Okay. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yep. I've is met there him. you? Okay. So there is yeah. a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I love Michael. He's, Me he too. was a really sweet soul and I know he's controversial. Um, and I don't want to really get into that because. I, I just don't. No, no need to whatsoever. Let's just talk just, about the skin. He's, he's, he's uh, he was a special person. Yeah. He, I met him. Um, yeah. I met him in the nineties, I think. No, early two thousands. Yeah. He's, he's a special guy. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a pretty legendary connection. Yeah. There. That was a huge, that was a huge star because st- I grew up on his music. Like I idolize, like, 
I idolize him and Prince. I w- they were both like, I, you know, as a kid that, that, that would have been my boyfriends. And, um, <laughs> okay. All right. Megan Markle. Yeah. So my- Megan has been a client for a very long time. And, um, Megan has come to the clinic a lot, but then as soon as she got married, you know, we got cut off and, and now she lives in my hometown. She lives in Santa Barbara. That's right. So, um, you know, I, uh, you know, things changed when she married, um, the prince. So yeah, she's, she's a stunning girl. She's sweet. She's yeah. So Kelly, my, um, esthetician worked on her mainly. She went to Kelly. I mean, she went to everybody, but yeah. Oh, our forever my princess. Yeah, she's cute. Settle this once and for all, Kate. Inquiring minds want to know, do celebrities have better skin than us mere mortals? It's it's the opposite. Think about this. They're traveling. They are under like severe lights. They have different makeup artists with like some have crazy dirty brushes. Some don't. They have, they get reactions to makeup. So it's kind of like, you know, when, when there's a really working actor, we're totally like half of the time in like trying to keep them looking great, you know? And so their skin breaks out, they get rashes, they get tired. Um, So it's a constant kind of battle for them, honestly. Um, you know, so, or if somebody just in general wears a lot of makeup and they work a lot and they're in, you know, say they work at Sephora and, you know, just all that makeup, you know, it's just a lot for the skin to take. Um, the only good thing about makeup though is, um, because I've worked on some really amazing older actors and actresses and women that have been really good about wearing a lot of makeup mm-hmm. their whole life. But I have to say their skin is amazing as far as like sun damage because they've had this like blocking of the sun mm. from some so much makeup. But wow. the other thing is they, you know, their elasticity is going, that's, that's what's going, but their skin texture is beautiful because mm. they wore a lot of makeup. So there are positives with a lot of makeup, you know, mm. um, like, and just making sure you find the right makeup for you, Absolutely. you know, um, that's the other thing. Like, um, you know, for me, like I like a powder powder foundation. I don't wear liquid foundation. I don't, I don't like the feeling of a mask kind of. So I do, even at 50, I still do a powder foundation and, um, like I just bought one today. Um, I, I did a, a long comb one. Um, but normally I wear hourglass. I really, but they didn't have it where I had to shop today. Mm. So, um, you know, try out what, what works for you. Right. And doesn't break you out. That's, that's, you know, that's my advice to all my clients. I have a question. Mm -hmm. What is, I have two questions. First one, what is your best selling product? Well, we sell more units of something called Eradicate, which Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, it's for breakouts, like a a spot treatment. Um, In fact, I'll go grab one for you so you can see it. I don't know. Do you guys? I have have one. I literally have one in the other room. It's the it's yeah. like with the, the, pink, the pink at the bottom and it's suspended mm-hmm. in the liquid and you dip yep. the Q-tip dip in. It's the Q-tip. a classic, do not shake. 
Do not shake. Do not shake. I just put some on. I used some last night on a big yeah. fat well and it works. It works in one hour. Like it literally, we did studies and it literally takes inflammation down in one hour and starts drying up the pimple. So overnight it just shrinks and then it shrinks and shrinks. So that's our probably number one, as far as volume, our number two is exfolicate, of course, which I don't know if you can see that. Um, Exfolicate. I'll tell you the story of exfolicate. So when, um, my clients would come in, I would do a light, I'd cleanse steam and I do a light scrub and the scrub would be really, really fine and round, right? I don't like like nut scrubs or anything like that. Like the bead is really round and fine. And so I do a scrub and what that does, it was, it lifts the dead layers of skin. It unlocks that top layer of dead skin. And then I would take that off and then I would paint on this amazing mask called exfolicate or well, at that time it was just an enzyme mask, but it had papaya, pineapple, pumpkin enzymes and enzymes. What they do is they, they, they're like Pac-Man. They kind of dissolve the top layer. They dissolve it instead of like where glycolic goes down and kind of unglues the dead layers of skin. It's still an exfoliant, but um, and then it has glycolic in it. It has lactic is my favorite um, acid because it's really gentle and it takes that top layer of dead off. And so you leave it on like a mask. So I would put that on because once you exfoliate physically and then you put the mask on, you literally take that top layer of dead off. So then your new skin cells are uncovered. And so everything else that we would do after that would actually penetrate, right? And that's how, and so what I did was this one actor came in, she was leaving for four months and she's like, Kate, what can I take to keep my skin looking like this? And I just poured the beads in the mask and I said, here, do this a couple times a week in the shower, let the steam hit it and, um, you know, let me know how it goes. And, and a few weeks later, she was like, Oh my God, you have to come out with this product. This is it. This, you know, you got to call it Kate in a jar. So it was called Kate in a jar for a good couple of years. And then (laughs) another brand got upset and, um, I was just too small to, to fight it. And so we just did a contest and I'll just show you it's green. So it has chlorophyll in it. And chlorophyll is really detoxifying. So great for acne, great for any skin type. Actually, it has cinnamon for, um, you know, uh, circulation to the skin because you want blood flow. So you just scrub around for like 30 seconds and then you leave it on in the shower for two minutes and it'll change your skin in literally two minutes. Every single treatment in my clinic starts with exfolicate. And, um, so that, that's our worldwide biggest product. And, um, you know, I went on QVC when I first launched it and we sold out in four minutes. So unbelievable. the, the minute I, I brought this product out just because it works, you know, it just works. And I tell people like, if they're just new to the brand, Try exfolicate so you understand what our products do. Like every single product has a real meaning and it's really born out of the clinic and things that we do in the clinic. So you can get that clinic really in your own bathroom. 
this is so informative. I really appreciate it. I'm really, I'm really excited to try Exfolicate. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I know. Looking at you, Esther, um, because I can just tell you, I bet you're a little bit sensitive. Yes. So when you do exfoliate the first time, you're going to blush right here and it'll go away within a, you know, a few minutes. But the first time you use it, scrub it around, leave it on for like a minute instead of the two minutes and build to the two minutes. Okay. If you okay. have any, um, you know, redness on the cheek, you can also not keep it on the cheek, but I don't see redness on your cheek. I just, I can just tell, I can tell you're probably a little sensitive. Where Caroline, yeah. I think exfoliate's gonna be great for you. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get you're gonna be able to go up to the two minutes right away. Jack it up. <laughs> no problem for me in this mug. All the acids, all the actives, couldn't care less. Tough. Yeah. Tough yeah. skin. You just punch it in, Caroline. Yeah, I don't pat, I punch. punch. <laughs> I don't pat, we punch. Kate, thank you for being you and yeah. Being Thanks a hero. Being I love your little Mickey Mouse on the wall over there. It's so cute. I can't believe you can see that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Mickey Mouse. Good eye. <laughs> my very adult art collection. Yeah. Okay, thank you for coming on yeah. and being here. Yeah. And we'll see you soon. And yeah. Hope to see you at the, at the – I know, at the clinic sometime. Yeah. That oh. would be nice. Yeah, we're – I'm trying to stay away so there's just not as many people because my clients want to see their girls. <laughs> and so we've been really busy, um, but we can only take so many people at a time. And um, and we just redid the clinic. So it's really state-of-the-art oh. and beautiful. So well, we will be first yeah. in line. Yay. Yeah. And All right, you guys. We'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye. 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 Podcast Network.